Good morning, Rabbi Isai. How's everybody doing? Listen, I should have done this earlier, but that raise I gave Gary, it mamish worked. A little money, that's all it is. I doubled the salary from zero to zero, zero, and that's it. He starts muting everybody at exactly 7.15 on the dot. It's Givaldic. Shkoyach Gary. And by the famous Dr. Allen. Now, this is not Allen Listhouse, but this is a different Dr. Allen from Canada. I have this Chusta coming to RBS for the second time in three months. The first time in the summer for the birth of a granddaughter, Baruch Hashem, Mazel Tov. The second time for the birth of another granddaughter, Baruch Hashem. And for the Bar Mitzvah of my oldest grandson, Yitzi Rabinowitz, in Gimel Shtayim. So, Shkoyach, Dr. Allen. Rabbeinowitz, Makosh Baruch, who continue to shower my family and all of Kala Yisrael with simchas, and may I be zoichet to make aliyah soon. Amen. Boys, I listen to this. This is uh, an incredible sponsorship. It's from a young guy. I don't, know, I don't know who he is. I don't know how old he is, but I'm assuming he's young. Listen to this. Dedicated in the honor of Dr. Aaron Doe Fishman and his entire mishpacha. Every day, whether it's 1 a.m., 4, 10 a.m., 6 a.m., or 10 p.m., the Gemara does not leave his side. Being a new son-in-law of Dr. Fishman, together we had the schus to have a backyard corona, beautiful wedding. The wedding made us closer, and being in his house with my wife many times, I was brought into the family like a real son. My father-in-law is a living paradigm of the line in 2020. Again, these fancy words, P-A, not enough. I guess he doesn't have Panovich. In 2020, there are no excuses not to learn. You hear this? In 2020, there are no excuses not to learn. Especially Daf Yoimi. He's a tremendous mechazik to all of us and true, has true shamayim and inspiration. And in honor of Ephraim Yehudim and Alexander Sender and Shifra Yehudis Baschana Gittel and all of our grandparents, Shkoyach, wow, young guy. Now, one of these two sponsors, I don't know which one, will say that they're both sponsored the whole day because they thought I was in Eretz Yisrael and the Eitaf is going to start up and there's going to be a second cheer. So we got them good. No, uh, they have credit or we'll give them back, whatever it is. Um, I have a lot of great emails. One of them is really, really good, and I wish I could read it, but he didn't give me Rishos to read it. So I'm going to ask him for special Rishos. I'm asking Yosef to ask him, Please, you have Rishos? We have Rishos? So I'll read it tomorrow. I don't, ha- I don't have it printed out yet. Okay, it was a great email. I got a great laugh out of it, and it was good. It was good stuff. Um, this is uh, by the Bergman family. You know, we all know Yoel Bergman. He's sitting at home with uh, COVID. And uh, yesterday when I was discussing about my really bad Thursday, and my daughter, she left her suitcase with all her... She's a... Uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, she does uh, hair for weddings... So she left all her stuff in a suitcase in an Uber. To make it even worse, she took another Uber and she left her purse in the second one. So it says, your daughter must be related to your father-in-law. If memory serves me correctly, there was a joke years ago. They had a custom of donating a Borsalino to every cab driver in Eretz Yisrael, the Bergmans. Um, thank you for your amazing share. Oh no, let's, let's do this one here. Um... So we spoke about the other day about the Cheskel bread. So here's a guy, it's a big fan from Miami. Uh, I've been wanting to send you an email for a long time since the cycle began. I work full-time in real estate here in Miami. And I also run an organization, Torah Kiruv, called the Lighthouse Torah Project. Givaldic. He does Kiruv and he has a bunch of stuff on Facebook and on Zoom. 
I ran into your shiurim online through YouTube sometime in the middle of the Mesechus Brachas. And although we have our own resident Daf Yomi teacher and our Lighthouse Torah project who gives class, I'm guilty to say that I make an effort to listen to your shiurim constantly, especially when I miss them in person, which has turned out to be quite often due to my schedule. I've pretty much rolled with you throughout Erevin. I want to personally thank you for making the shiurim informational as fun as possible. I give my own shiurim online and have many followers on social media and I was blown away by Daf. 81 account is a keel bread origin. And that was a game changer. I had to put that out, that info out to the world. Mamish Gewaldik Chidush, a game changer Torah, which will impact many lives. So anyways, I went on to see what he was talking about. He, he had this whole thing on Facebook, 10 minutes. He went through the sugya to explain to everybody, based on the shir, that people are buying this Ezekiel bread, and he himself, based, listen, it's a passing the Torah, so it must be great. And we learned that it's actually a terrible bread. It was just that Kosh wanted him to see what it tasted like, what, how suffering, what suffering Klaiso is going to go through. Anyways, we don't make bread, we're Mashiach, we're built based on Mikdash. Oh, man. Here's a clip I put on my Facebook account. I would like to donate $360 to the Siyum in memory of my mother, Dvarifega Bas Shmuel, coming up soon. Also, this is very important. I'm going to read through this really quick. I know we're running out of time here. It's a shorter daf. Bez Hashem, you are back in home. So this is from Michal David Tzok from Oregon. Listen to this. This is Givaldic, the, the chesed of our Chabura. I'm writing for two reasons. One to check in and say how much I'm enjoying the daily shiur. I'm glad you're still keeping good pace, even on a base. But I can't keep a good pace on this email because we're running out of time. Amazing! We're up to 300 days for the year. Now I'm up to 81 days. Unbelievable. In other words, he started in the beginning of everything. You have really made everyone understandable and this is supposed to be one of the hardest mesechtas. Have no worries about, I have no worries about the rest of Shas. I also appreciate that YouTube version is staying on a bit after Sheer. You finish so I can hear some of the schmoozing. That's why we leave it on a little bit. People complain that we turn it off. And get in to know, by the way, people don't think that the shear is whatever, 50 minutes. There's at least five minutes of stuff at the end and five minutes in the beginning. So you got 40 minutes of shear. I look forward to more and more dapping. The other reason, I'm hoping through, through you to reach out to the MDY Hever. This week, my Ritsua Shaliyad had snapped in half. Sadly, the only Yiddish store in the region was lost in a fire over the summer. I need help finding some place to order a Shaliyad. Ritzua to replace mine. Do any of the great MDY family know whom I can order replacement with quality kosher, uh, cost of fortune? Oregon is on the west coast of the U.S., about three hours south of Seattle. So we have a chaver in Oregon, Givaldic. Health reasons prevent me traveling. It's strange not to be able to wrap your tefillin without a Ritzua. He says, Yeshikoyach, if you get this before Shabbos, good Shabbos, a good vach, Michal David. So what happened was, we put it on the chat, within 25 seconds, 10 people called up Noam Fix, and they had this thing organized, that's what I understand. So Yishkoyach to all those goimle chesed, who do chesed with others all around the world, another great, and then, on Friday, I learned of somebody else who donated $10,000 to somebody in the shir, who found out that somebody is not doing so well, parnasa-wise, chesed after chesed, unreal. Now, Raboy said, I had a bunch of people complain and they said, so I decided we're going to go back. Let's go back to the sugya of the kav and the, the eggs. So it goes like this. Rabbi Yechelon says, now I'm messing with you guys, don't worry about it, we're on to the next sugya. Okay, okay, great. But let's, let's take it back a little bit to, um, 
Omer of Nachman. Two, four, six, eight, nine. We we did go all the way almost to the bottom. We'll just take it back a few lines to, to get a little bit familiar again with the sugya. Omer of Nachman. So what happens if you have an upper chater and a lower chater? This guy has to lower down. Shilshul is to lower down some sort of rope in order to get to the mound. And this guy has to throw it. So they, it doesn't come easy to any one of them. They're equally hard to come by. So who rules over the mound? So we have a machlaikis. And this is the machlaikis we're going to be discussing today. The whole sugya today. Omar Rav, and the Gemara is going to ask questions on Rav and questions on Shmuel. Omar Rav, Shneyen Asurim. They're equal. And what happens is when you are equal, if both of you rule over a chatzar, with the same power, then the chatzar becomes also to you. So since this, whatever this is, this amud, this pole, this mound, whatever it is, is equally difficult to get to, to reach to, you have to either lower a rope to it or you have to throw something, but you can't just go over to it and grab something. So they both rule over it equally. Rule over it equally makes it also for both of them. That's what Rav says. Rav understands that at the end of the day, it's easier to lower something down, to lower a rope, than to throw it and make sure it lands exactly. Not, every, not everybody has that kind of aim. Yet, they're difficult. One is a 95 degree difficulty, one is a 100, but it doesn't matter. They're both in the category of difficult. No, it's easier. Since it's easier, so... The one that only has a 95 degree of difficulty, he wins, he rules over this pole. And he goes through saying, If one is a little easier than the other, Okay, so this is where we got to yesterday. If you have a slighter degree of difficulty, you lose. The guy that's a little easier, he wins. Great. Says the Gemara Tnan. We learned in our Mishnah four lines from the bottom. You have an upper le- level and a lower level. And as you remember, we discussed this. Do I have a property like that? I don't have a property. You figured out. Yes, I do. In Cleveland, you have these outer porches. Oy, I should have printed a picture of that building. Gorgeous building. Mamish, on the water. So here's your Mirpesis. You have the upper level, the, low, the lower level. And they both forgot to make an error between each other. Anything that's higher up, it goes to the balcony guy. Anything lower than 10 goes to the guy in the bottom. That's who rules over the high things and the lower things. So the Gemara thought, like we, this is the picture we had the other day. Here's the upper level, here's the lower level. And I said, and I said the mistake now also, it's like my building in Cleveland. But it's not. If you think a second, it's not. Because look over here. How do they get out over here? Or maybe it is. Um, yeah, you know what? This is a better picture for the Gemara. This is the Havamina. Here's the upper level. And they have to get down with stairs to this balcony. The balcony doesn't lead directly into their apartment, into their house. They still have to use stairs. And these guys have to use a ladder and a steer as well. 
So this is an in-between balcony. That's what the Gemara thought. Mirpeses is referring to the guys that live on the second floor. And why is it called a balcony? If they live on the second floor, because the way to get to the second floor is to first climb up onto the mirpeses, onto the balcony. And from there they go up into their apartment. The bottom line is, ask the Gemara, this would be a question on Rav. Why? Because look, these guys have to lower things down to get here, to, the, to this beam. These guys have to throw it up. And what does it say here? Alma kol Here we have this exact case that we're arguing about. The, the guys on the top, in order to use this beam, have to lower something down. The guys in the bottom have to throw up. And what do you do? We give it to the guys in the upper level. That's exactly what Shmuel said. That since it's easier to lower something down than to throw something up, you give it to the upper level. So that's a big problem with Rav. Says the Gemara, like, we're gonna, like Rav Huna says, No, it's like we thought in Cleveland. Here are the doors directly into the Merpeset. The reason why the upper guys win is not because they lower stuff down, it's because they're right there. What is that called? Pesach. That's what we had yesterday, uh, the day before, right before where we started. If one guy has a Pesach, he has an opening directly there, he doesn't, have, he doesn't have to, there's no degree of difficulty at all. He opens up his doors right there on the balcony. So obviously he's going to win, he's going to beat out the guy that has to throw something. He's right there, he's a Pesach. Okay. So what's with the last part of the Mishnah? Or the, afterwards in the Mishnah. If it's less than 10 Tfachim, it goes to the guys, anything less than 10 Tfachim goes to the lower level. At the end of the day, they both have access to it. Why should we give it to the guy that's on the lower level? Says the Gemara, my lechotzer, af lechotzer. Not only to the chotzer. It means even the chotzer guys have control over that beam. The guys on top also have control. So what's Allah when two people have equal control on something? It's also for both of them. Ushnei asur. Hachinami mistabra. And now this makes a lot of sense. Even, now forget about answering Rav. And explain. even Shmuel is going to have to ex- explain it like this. Midiktani Seifa, it says later on, Remember we had this pole, this mound of dirt, the pole, and we said, the only, re- the only time the upper guys have access to the pole is if the pole and the mound of dirt are close to the balcony. But if they're further away from the balcony, four tfachim away, they don't have access to it. If it's further away from the Pesach, so the Pesach doesn't have access. That's, that's the case that we're trying to get to. Then it goes to the Chatzar. My Chatzar, what does it mean that the Chatzar gets it? If only the yard, the bottom guys, get usage of the pole and the mound of dirt. Am I Rishus of the Tarvayuhu? Why are they any better than the upper guys? Both of them, explains Rashi, could get to the mound 
The same exact way. How did the guys on the bottom get to the mound? Only by throwing. So the guys on top could also throw. Well, it's, it's actually easier probably to throw from a top to make it land somewhere. Where to throw from the bottom and make sure you land on top of a mound. But the point is they both could throw. If they both could throw, Zeb is Rico, Zeb is Rico, that's a case we had. Both of them are also. Ella, my lechotzer, af lechotzer. So therefore, we have to explain the word. Chotzer means including the chotzer, not only the chotzer. It goes to the chotzer, it goes to the upper level. They both have access to it. Ushneim asur. Therefore, they're both asur. Hachanami. So therefore, in the case before that, my lechotzer, af lechotzer, ushneim asurim shmamino. So now everything's consistent in the Mishnah. Lechotzer doesn't mean only only the guys in the bottom have access. It means also the guys in the bottom have access, and the guys on top have access, because any time you're equal in the way you access that beam, then it becomes Osir, and both of them are Osir. It's awfully quiet. What's going on here? Noam, Psakasha, Teret, something. Look in Toysis Dibra Maskel Dechi and when we get there, just jump in and... It's not, I feel like I'm talking to myself. You could say hello also. Yeah, in Chicago, it's freezing cold. Oh, that's a murdiki kasha. I have no idea. Okay, weiter. Geschmack. Thank you. I, I didn't even hear his kasha so much. What? We can talk about the weather instead if you prefer. I totally prefer, prefer that, but I like the schmooze. Oy, 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 oy. Let's not talk about that. Yeah. It was Gewalt Shabbos, Gewaldic. Everything's good. It's, I needed a little bit of sleep. That's, I slept. What happened? I went up to say hello to you, Arab Shabbos. You and some other people also. You're not the first person to tell me that. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, we'll schmooze. Not on everybody else's cheshman. Nan. Chulias habor vahasela. So we learned in the Mishnah you have a mound of dirt. The embankment of a pit. You make a pit. You dr- Here, here's the picture, just like we had a second ago. Where did you get this? You see there's a hole in the center, but the dirt comes from the hole that you dug. So it's called the chuliyas habar. Vasela, or you have just a large stone there. Shein nasara. They are ten tfachim tall. Lamir peses. It goes to the balcony. It's ten tfachim tall to the balcony. Pachis mikan so now the problem is, what do you have? You have a case of throwing. You have to throw it to get on top of the mound. And you have to lower it to get to the mound if you're on the second floor. Who does it go to? It goes to the second floor. So that's exactly what Shmuel says. That's a problem with the Rav. Omrav Huna, So same exact answer that we said before. They're not throwing down. They're right here. They're, they're, they have access, so it's not considered shilshul, it's not considered lowering it down, it's considered Pesach, it's considered an opening, and that's why they get it. Tenach, that's what we had before. Tenach, Sela. Okay, so that you explain Sela, that it has a nice top to it. It's a stone. What does a stone look like? You could walk on top of a stone. Bar, but the bar is a pit. It actually doesn't have access to the upper floor because there's a bottomless pit 
or there's a bottom to the pit. So to get to the bottom, the upper guy has very little access to it, just as much access as the guy that lives in the bottom. It's not like, it's not like he comes out and puts his thing down right over here. It's going to fall into the pit, into the bottom of it. Says the Gemara, Omar In fact, he has access right to the top because here's the mound and there's water right there, right next to him. He just comes off the porch, puts his pail into this beautiful blue water and he draws water. So he's right there. Says the Gemara, that's very nice. But what happens when you draw water? You draw water on Shabbos, and then you have to do the dishes, and you draw more water, and before you know it, the level of the water goes down. So yes, you started when it's right there with your balcony, but eventually it's going to go down. What are you going to do then? It doesn't say anywhere, oh, be careful, the water's going to go down, and it's only when the water's up. There's no mention of any halachas. You have a mound, you could use it. You want to tell me it's a hechetim, it's a little bit of a daichak, it's full of water. But typically water goes down. So shouldn't we say something about it? Shouldn't you be careful? Something? Vachasra, says the Gemara, big chiddush. When Shabbos started, it was okay, because it was a top level. So even though it goes down in the level, you could still use it. That's a great chiddush. That's an amazing chiddush. It fits in with a lot of different concepts that we had in the Masechta, that you start Shabbos with a mechitza, with an Erev, even though the Erev was eaten. Okay, so maybe it's within that realm. Says the Gemara, but Adarab, it doesn't make any sense what you're saying. But you agree that if the level of water is lower, it's no good. But you want to say, because you started out at a high level, so even though right now it's at a lower level, it's okay. But if it started at a lower level, it's Asr. So shouldn't it go in reverse? So you should always say it's Asr, just in case it goes to the lower level, where it will eventually go. Why are you telling me it's Mutter? Taisus goes into here, there's a very nice Taisus that says, Taisus this is considered something that's going to be removed on Shabbos. At the end of the day, you take water on Shabbos. You need water on Shabbos. It's Asal Fanoisai. Now, things that are Asal Fanoisai, Taisus says, like we had the case of a ditch that you filled it up with dirt, and the Gemara says, Mufurish, if it's Asal Fanoisai, you're going to remove things from it, it's not Mivatal. You're not, you don't, it's not considered as if it's full. So he goes into the Nafkemin over here. So he says like this, Over here it's different. Over here you just want to make it high up. You're not trying to make a mechitza. So since, on the one hand, you're not going to remove it, it's memayit. On the other hand, even though you go, okay, fine, I entice this. Says the Gemara, Ooh, wow. We're not talking about water. It's full of fruit. I actually have a picture of it. Yeah, a little schwach, hard to see. I'm jumping back. The other, the eyes of other guys, their pictures are not very sophisticated, but for showing during a shear, it's easier because they're just very simple. Over here, there's a lot going on, and the Paris are over here in the corner, if you could see. 
nice oranges in the mound. Okay, so what if there's Paris? Vochasri. But at the end of the day, you're going to start eating oranges. You're going to give to your guest. And before you know it, the level goes down. And you want to put your stuff on top of the oranges. You're going to start using it as it, like, like, like a shelf. Says the Gemara, no, here's the trick. It's full of fruit that you can't touch on Shabbos. Why? Bitivla. You never took Trumsa Maestras. So even a Kayan cannot eat it. It became Tevel. It is Tevel. And therefore, it becomes Mukta. Mukta on Shabbos. So, what's the problem? I have a shelf made out of fruit. You might want to eat some. You can eat it. And therefore, the, the shelf is there for the remainder of Shabbos. Dekanami, and it's been doing in the words, Diktani, Dumya de Sela, we give you two cases, bar and sela. Sela is mukta, is there to stay for Shabbos, nobody's moving it. So too, this pit is mukta, there to stay for Shabbos, shmami no. As the Gemara, but it's very interesting. Both cases, the water is full to the top, the fruit are full to the top. So they're identical cases. Why, why say two cases? If you're telling me a sela, it's a nice round rock, and you tell me a bar, it goes real deep down into the ground, great. But you tell me it's a bar that's full to the top, and it's not just a bar, it's a chulia, it's a mound of dirt, and the mound of dirt is full all the way to the top with fruit. So then what's the difference between a mound made out of fruit and a mound made out of stone? They're the same. I need both cases. Nothing had happened with the stone. Avabar, Ligzar, Zimdamalia, Paris, Mitukonim. Look, you're telling me a very specific case. It's full of fruit that you never took Trumas and Maestris. Okay, that's a very far fetched case. But what happens? Shouldn't you make that case, Osser? Because most of the time people use it for fruit that's edible, that have Trumas and Maestris. Maybe people are going to make mistakes. Maybe it should be Geyser. No, not Geyser. Tzricha. Okay, next. We're still trying to get to Rav and Shmuel, see if there's any holes. In their shita. Toshma, Anshe Chotzer, Anshe Aliyah, Sheshachachu Velayerivu. So this is the Brysa, our Mishnah, but in a Brysa. You have people that live on the upper floor and people that live on the ground level, and then you make an air with each other. Anshe Chotzer, Mishtamshim, Basar, Atachtaidem. The people that live on the lower level, they use any kind of beam, any kind of stone that's with intent. Fachim, Anshe Aliyah, Mishtamshim, Basar, Aliyahim. And the guys that live on the top, they Use whatever is above ten tefachim. Keitzad. What's the case? Ziz You have a shelf that comes out of the wall. Here's a nice simple picture. You have a shelf that comes out of the wall. If it's down below this guy right over here, it belongs to the chater. If the shelf is an upper one, laalia goes to the second floor. Ask the gemara. The middle guy. So the Gemara understood it's a very tall wall, like a normal house. The guy lives on top floor as well, eight feet up in the ground, in the air, let's say, minimum, nine feet, ten feet, wherever you live. So you have ten tfachim within your window and ten tfachim from the ground. But there's a whole area that's nishtahin and nishtaher. It's not ten tfachim, it's above ten tfachim and way below ten tfachim. It's the middle ground, right over here, this shelf. Now what? In order to go from the window to the middle shelf, shilshul, you have to lower something down to it. 
And in order to get to it from the bottom, you have to throw something up. No, that's our case. What's the halacha? The Brisa says, also to both of them. And that goes according to Rav. Rav is the one that says both of them are also. Shmuel would say that it goes to the upper guy. He's Shilshul, he's a little bit easier than the Zrika. So that's a great raya to Rav. This wall is 19. In other words, there's no in-between area. It's either within 10 of the upper or 10 of the lower, but nothing in between. And in Echanami, if you go 9.5 exactly, that's the, that, that we know the halacha. If it's, easy, if it's just as easy for the top and the bottom, then it's Lezel, Lezel, Shnei Masurim. Fine. So over here we're talking about Tisha Asar this is Yaitamimenu, and there's a shelf. If it's below the ten, then it's the lower guy, he's right there. It's like he, he doesn't have to throw it. If he doesn't have to throw it, it's called Pesach. He just has an opening as a door, opens right up to the to the shelf. And the upper guy, Elizabeth he has to lower. But if it's above ten, it's the exact opposite. To the upper guy, it's as if he has a door that goes right to it. And the, the bottom guy has to throw. So now we are turning to Daf Pedalid Omid Beis. In memory of my mother, Shendel Bad Aaron Hersh and Bracha, by her son, Dr. Allen. Different Allen, List House. Sponsored by the Austin and Tobias grandchildren, Lilo Nishmas, our Bubby Zisselbas Chayin. Who's Nifter at the age of 98, Gimel Marcheshvin. Toshma. How about this, Azariah? Now, we are very familiar with this. This is one of the best cases in the entire Masechta, for me at least. Gishmaka case. A guy lives on the water in Miami somewhere. And he wants to draw water. Imagine those days. There's no running water. You had to get water. And we learned extensively about this in the Masechta. And in fact, we're going to learn the Mishnah is coming up just in a few days, Daf Zayin. So we learn it well now, it will be easy to run through it there. So there's two balconies above the water. And they want to draw water. Now, your balcony is Rosh Hashayachad. The water below you is a Carmelis. So they made a special kula. Kali kilu bimayim. They made a special kula when it comes to water. And they said as follows. You could cut out in your porch a 4 by 4 area. That's like a, a rishos by itself. Build walls going downwards. But the walls don't have to be very long. We extend the walls halachically. Good asik mechitzta. Good achis, I should say. Sorry. Good achis mechitzta. The walls go down, down, down. They could go down 100 feet. And they hit the water. And memela, the water becomes like your rishos. And I could draw water. Now, these two balconies are not one above the other. They're offset to the side within four tfachim. Here's the picture. Two balconies, and here they made a little chute out of wood, like a laundry chute kind of thing you have in America sometimes. And here's the pail. It's beautiful water with a reflection. They did a fantastic job here. Givaldic. Now, these two guys, Rashi explains, as the Gemara is going to explain later on, that this guy, the lower guy, has permission to use this. They built this with 
They built it as a partnership. So he has permission. Now, if the lower guy wants to use his shoot, his halachic shoot, I mean, he could go straight down into the water during the weekday, he probably just goes, draws water directly. But because this guy has halachic heter to draw water and he doesn't, so he takes a pail, throws it, mamish like basketball, into the hoop, the pail comes down. So what is this called? Zeb is Rico. He's not only Zrika, he's also Shilshul. He has to first throw it and then draw it. And then this guy is Bishilshul. He lowers down the pail. If, like in this case, this guy made his own Mechitzos, Asu, he made Mechitzos, and this guy didn't make Mechitzos, Shteyen Asurois Ad Shia Arvu. So this is a very big kasha on Shmuel. This is perfect with Rav. Rav says, if they both have a problem, now you're going to say, well, oh, he's much harder because he has to do Zrika. But no, Rashi says, they're both Zrika. At the end of the day, they're both Zrika. Yeah, the guy in the bottom also has to do, I'm sorry, they're both Shilshul. The guy in the bottom also has to do Zrika. But they're kind of even. And it says that it's Osir. Also on both of them. You didn't understand Pshat. Here, now I'm going to go to Kalal Shon's picture. Mix it up a little bit. The guy on the bottom porch, he has access, easy access to get to the porch on top. He has a ladder. So Mamela, when he draws water, he's equal to the guy on the top. The fact that he has to climb a ladder to get there, that's nothing. The guy on top also has to climb a staircase to get to his house. But when they're drawing water, they're both equal. They're both shilshul. And if you only learn pshat in this abaya, this could die the whole shir. Because when I first read it, I learned wrong pshat until I saw Rashi. These two porches, this is not a good picture. Let's use this one. They're within 10 tefachim of each other. So if you just read it and you don't have time for Rashi, so you would say, oh, they're within 10 tefachim, so they're like one rishos. It's one. No, no, no. It's a very, very different pshat. Abayah says that when you have three rishuyos, like in this case, Two porches plus water equals three. If it's within, if the two rishuyas are within ten tefachim of each other, then they get to shear the third rishos. That's what Abayi says. You have to say pshat like that because of the Gemara that's coming up. So again, Abayi says a tremendous chiddush. When you have two rishuyas that are within ten tefachim of each other, and there's a third rishos called water or, or called something else, we'll see soon, called uh, a, a roof, a rish, whatever it is, that rishos becomes owned by both of the people because they are within ten tefachim of each other. Now, if that's the case, then why in the world does it say that the shoot is on the top one? The shoot on the top one would be mashma that we're talking about a problem of throwing and lowering. If the whole point is that the two rishis are next to each other, so talk about that the shoot is on the bottom one. What's the difference? The two rishis are next to each other. They get to share the water equally. 
Oh. Veloy me boy kamer. So the Gemara answers that question. Certainly, if you made the shoot on the bottom one, they're both asr. Why? Because both of them become shilshul, lowering the rope. It's a bigger chiddush, in other words, to say that the shoot was on the top one. I would think, at the end of the day, what you guys were thinking to yourselves. But the bottom line is, the guy on the bottom porch, the bottom balcony, he has to overcome a lot more difficulty in order to draw water. He has to throw and then draw. You should give it to the guy that's easier, like Shmuel said, the upper guy. Here's another halacha, nothing to do with hard and easy. It has to do with, since you're both together, you're both close to each other, then you get to shear the third rishos. And now the Gemara says, Abam Raya. Kiha. Kiha da Omer Rav Nachman Omer Shmuel, Gag HaSomuch L'Shus HaRabim. Okay, so here, there's a few pictures here, they're very different than each other, but this one is very simple again, this Oiz Vahadr one. Here's the Rishus HaRabim. This right over is a rooftop. Now, if you look at the Kalalashim uh, for a second, just to give a little bit of a frame of reference, here's the rooftop, and here's your chatzor. So you got a lot of chatzor all the way around, but the side next to Rosh Hashanah, no, 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 no uh, chatzor at all. The chatzor is behind. Okay, now let's go back to this one for a second. You have this little guy called the Repesas, according to the eyes of others over here, very simple. This is like your attic on top of the roof like a rooftop room, let's call it. And this is very important. According to Rashi, the distance between the Rosh Hashanah and the roof is 10 Tfachim, more than 10 Tfachim. According to Taisus, it's lower. But we go with Rashi, so there's more than 10 Tfachim here. If you want to be able to use this roof, you have to have a Sulam Kavua. You have to have a ladder right over here that's permanent, doesn't move. By you putting a ladder, by you placing a ladder over here, you're showing that you have nothing, in other, sorry, you're showing that you have access to this roof, it's your roof. And you're grabbing it from the Rosh Hashanah. You don't allow the Rosh Hashanah. In other words, you don't, you're not sharing with the Rosh Hashanah. You have a staircase there. You have an elevator that goes to your rooftop. What are you saying? You're saying, I invested money, I have a nice ladder, because it's my rooftop. It's not the Rosh Hashanah. Says the Gemara, so let's see inside. You have a rooftop, you know, by, uh, I don't know if you were there, by Simcha Sussman's wedding, there was a, we were in a, a hall. I'm trying to figure, like, think where you have these places, like, I'm sure in Israel you have a bunch of these places, not so common in America, but you walk on the sidewalk and you're looking down at somebody's rooftop. You know, you're right there by the rooftop. You can just put your package on his roof. So, You remember what I'm talking about, Noam? Like the, that, that hall that we're in, it was like right by, when, when we were going to our car, by the sidewalk, you look down, you're right there by the, you saw the hall, it was below us. Says my timer. So what's the connection to Abayah? So Gemara wants to understand that the Rosh Rabbim and this Merpeset, are both close to this Gag. So you have three Rishuyas here. Gag, Mirpeset, 
Rishus Rabbim. And since the Rishus Rabbim is very close to the Merpeset, and the Gag is close to the Merpeset, so they both grab the Merpeset. They're both there. Says the Gemara. So that, that's this idea that when you have two Rishuyos next to each other, it's very interesting. Because who gave Rishus to the guys on, from the Rishus to even use this? It's private property. So they talk about it. They say, well, even private property, if people walk through there, they make their own pathway, they're kind of the path by, I don't know, stealing, but they're kind of eventually. So over here also, and we see this idea here. So we had this many times, I don't know, many times, like two, three times, right in the Masechta, where Rabbi Mekatvinolov, you have a little beam, and it had to be like ninth fucking exactly, and then people that have a load on their shoulder, they turn around and they, they kind of undo their load on this beam. So people from Shusayachet could do it, and the people from Shusayachet, we're talking about something slightly different. The same idea, but different. Over here, it's tenth fachim tall. So over here, it's not, it's not the right height to help your knapsack on your back. But what it is good, says the Gemara, is to take off your hat. It's a nice sunny day. It's right by the bus stop. So what do you do? You take your hat off, you put it down. You take your little bag from, from the makol, you put it down. Easier things, the, the lighter things. It's not to adjust the load, but rather... This is what the people in Rishus Rabbim like to do. It's a hot day, they put down their hat. And then they go weiter. So in Mela, that's why there was a grab. There was a Rishus Rabbim. Not because the Rishus Rabbim is within 10 Tfachim of this Gag. But rather because people are using the Gag. And it became theirs automatically. That's why they made it usur. And only if you put a ladder there, do you show no. You're not giving into it. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. When are we changing the clocks in America? Are you serious? Tonight? Right, after the clock change. Oh, okay. Why is that? Chicago is also changing their time. Why is that? Chicago doesn't change their time? Oh. <laughs> I see, I see. Well, what? You aren't you aren't there?
It's just the background. The mate is just the background. Don't worry about it. Just the background. I missed my flight. The last time I missed my flight was 15, 20 years ago. It's not my style to miss flights. It, I, I'll blame it on the shear. I'm blaming it on the shear. I finished shear at about 3 o'clock. My flight was 6.50. And uh, I didn't pack. I didn't have time to pack because I didn't have time to prepare the shear because it was 10 hours earlier than usual. So I started packing and then I had to fill out all the forms. The forms took me 45 minutes. They, they don't allow you to fill out the forms the day before. It has to be the day of. So I started filling out the form. I thought I'll fill it out in five minutes. I couldn't find them. I could this, that, 45 minutes. I got to the airport an hour and 10 minutes before my flight and they refused to allow me on. I didn't check in before. I didn't do it. Whatever. It was messed up. I messed myself up. Why are you explaining your wife? It's so much easier. Why what? Your wife said you're shopping and then send her the story. It's wife's fault. It's like so much easier. She's not happy. She's really not happy. It was, it was the first time, first time in almost seven years that I, I, I didn't spend Shabbos. Well, she left once for a, like a simcha like this year, but I, I was always back for Shabbos. I never missed Shabbos in Israel. Besides one time, all the way in the beginning. Dr. Allen, Yishkoyach for the sponsorship. Yishkoyach. Which flight are you taking home? From New York. Wow. Yo, it's not your fault. It's really not your fault. I just said that I, I had a feeling I was going to miss the flight because I promised I'm going to visit y'all. And I, of course, I pushed it off to after this year, but I couldn't go visit him. So on the way to the airport, I said, what if I go Baruch who gives me, because I told him I'm going to go visit him, he's going to cancel my flight. I got there, sir, forget, don't even ask. They said, don't even try to fight with us. We're not letting you on. I know it's an hour and 10 minutes before the flight. You're not coming on. I said, the day that I had today, it makes all the sense in the world that I missed my flight. I'm not even going to ask. I turned around, went home. Who? Mati? No, Mati's not coming to Chicago. Oh, you are? Maybe he'll, maybe you'll be out of, uh, out of, out of Corona then. Yeah, 